Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken Edwards with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting to my left is Ed Maher with the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Good morning, Ed. Morning, Ken. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. we got a great guest on today, and then a surprise at the end of our show. Um, we have Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial. Awesome. Always interesting. Uh, we have a surprise at the end of the show. We do. Are you yeah. going to tell me the surprise? No. Just oh. surpri- how would that be a surprise? You could be surprised to everybody else. You know how I don't like surprises. <laughs> but on, you know, speaking of surprises, okay. I do have a surprise for you. Um, and that is, I was listening to the show. I was out on uh, vacation last week. At we Dolly went, World or something. Well, we went to Tennessee, and we did go to Dollywood. Uh, but Dollywood. I, I didn't realize, you and Phil, I mean, you're a big fan of Dolly Parton. You were talking a yes. lot about Dolly Parton. I had no idea you were such a big fan. So I brought you a gift from Tennessee, and it's a Dolly Parton t-shirt. Oh, super cool. Yeah, so I'd like you to this put is, that on and wear that for the rest of the show. This is the front? That's the front. There's nothing on the back. Dolly, Dolly always comes first. But yeah, good to be back for sure. It's good to have you back. You know, first of all, thank you for the shirt. And I would like to thank Phil for uh, for filling in for me, Phil Davidson from the Carpenters. I listened to the show. You guys yeah, did a great job. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Always. He, he's really, really good. Yeah. This is really embarrassing. Like, I don't see myself wearing this. I want you to wear it now. Right now? Yeah. You want me to take off my shirt? I mean, you can go to the See, bathroom that's, that's, in between segments. Yeah, all right, fair enough. We'll it's, figure something out. Yeah. I think. Um, let me let me ask you this, Ed. What do you think about this? Do you think that we need like radio names? Uh, like our name, like it's just like Ed and Ken. I mean, it's, it's not just, really exciting. Like like, like Edo, Cool Ken, Ed, Easy Ed. You know, something like that. I mean, I just like everybody's got cool names. And you and I are just like oh, I'm Ed Maher. I'm, I'm Ed. Ed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, everybody listening. Go to our Facebook page. Come up with some good names. And and post some names. And at least for next week, we'll go with some names that you picked. And we'll announce the winner, and we'll come up with some sort of a cool prize. It'll be better than nothing. It'll be better than a Dolly Parton t-shirt. No, it will actually be the Dolly Parton t-shirt. No, because Ken's keeping that. <laughs> but uh, but go on our Facebook page, The Worker's Mic, powered by MCL. And uh, we'll, we'll have a post up on there, and just leave suggestions for radio names. Not easy, Ed. Yeah, so not that easy. Well, you know, I don't know. That's 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 not what I heard. Ed. Well, you know, you talk to the wrong people. You know, um, while uh, while we're still like in the beginning, I just want to uh, just mention one thing. We've been talking about. You know, I'm serious for a second here. I um, never know what to expect. Yeah, no, no, I'm actually being serious. Um, we've been talking about these ridiculous, you know, child labor laws that are passing and, you know, how Iowa just allowed 14-year-olds to start working in plants, et cetera. Slaughterhouses. Slaughterhouses. And, you know, lo and behold, uh, in Mississippi, a where I believe the age is still 18 to work in a uh, poultry factory, there was a 16-year-old kid, and he was working there, and he died. And he died in the, you know, I don't know how, but something in the equipment. He got hurt. He was screaming for help, and he died. He's 16. These are things that shouldn't be happening in 2023. Marjack Poultry, which, by the way, is a famous labor case. You can look it up. But This is the name of the the company? So it's the name of the uh, the company, yeah. It it was like, you know, I think their business is killing chickens. Sounds like it. I mean, that's that's the poultry business. Killing chickens and Plucking some chickens. and, And kids. Yeah, well, apparently, yeah, that's that's. I'm not saying Marjack killed him, but I I am saying that the kid did die, and um, a realistically, 16, a shouldn't 16, have been there. A 16 year old should not have been working there. And once again, you know, people that are working around him 
you can tell the difference between a 16 year old and 18 year old. You, you just can. You yeah. Know? Especially if you're a parent. I mean, you understand this. But, Ed, you know that this is the second kid that passed away at that particular plant, and um, there's a fine for it. And is it $30 million? No. It's $30,000. That's the fine. That's the OSHA fine. Well, it's not and enough to what? dissuade a company from doing it. And guess what? what? The kid that died, you know, last year or two years ago, whatever it was, Marjack is, uh, they're fighting the fine. I'm sure they are. Because they can't afford the $30,000? Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me. And, and this this stuff needs to stop in this country. So, anyway, I, I don't want to leave on such a, a sour note. But, <laughs> but we're going to anyway. But we're going to anyway. Just stop hiring kids. You know? Yeah. Um, unbelievable. Listen, we're, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we'll be back with Ron Whittingham from sure. Megan Financial. Yep, right here on 720 WGN or Workers Mike. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. My name is Ked. Sitting next to me is Ed. And we are pleased to have with us once again Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial. Ron, welcome. Always Thank always good to be here, Ken. Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for coming in. So we were talking off off, uh, off the air a little bit. Um, give us that uh, that what you call napkin math. Yeah, I, I thought this was really interesting. Um, if you want to save, if you want to have an extra forty thousand dollars per year in retirement, um, and assuming you, what you retire at sixty five, yep, there is there's a calculation for it. Yeah, it's, I mean, real quick, easy math. I mean, we call it back of the napkin math, whatever you want to call it. Right. And this is really kind of when we sit and talk to our, our clients who are not in, in the union because they don't have that, that money saved for them. So, you know, we sit with somebody, it's all goals based, and we ask them how much money they want in retirement. And let's just say it's, it's $40,000 a year. Right. And then they're getting their social security benefits, something from their wife. But to get that $40,000 a year, all you really need to do is add a zero to that. So that 40,000 becomes 400,000. Okay. And then simply multiply times two. So to create that $40,000 income stream at 65 in your life, you need to save $800,000. So, I mean, that seems like a large amount of money to save. Well, I mean, it, it is, but, you know, if it's invested correctly and, you know, if you start when you're young, it, it, it can get there pretty quick. Is that right? Why? Because of compounding? Right. Or, you know, ex- explain that. Yeah, compound interest. So okay. as long as you get to 72%, your money will double. So if you're, if you're doing 7% a year, it'll take every 10 years, your investments will double. Wow. So is, the is early, obviously the earlier you start... Right, the the quicker you're going to get to that number. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's it sounds kind of nerdy, but I'm a finance guy, and I love like <laughs> cal- compound interest calculators. Right. Yeah. Uh, but just for fun, you should actually Google it uh-huh. and and just start with a a two hundred two hundred dollar a month investment. Right. Started it at the if you're young, started at twenty mm-hmm. years old, thirty and forty, and and the. The end numbers, it's a, the difference is astounding. What And what is the rate of return that you should put in the compound calculator? Because it usually asks you uh, for a percentage. So what should you drop in there? You like know, what's, what's conservative enough that, the, you know, over time the market has returned? Yeah, I mean, I think in a balanced portfolio, so some stocks and bonds, you know, somewhere between 6 and 8%, I think, is realistic. Okay. So if you put in the number 7 
you know, I mean, you can mess around with it, right? right. If you're more conservative, yeah. you know, you want to put in six. Or, and if you're, you know, I guess more aggressive, what would you put in, like an eight or something? Yeah, and I think that, that translates also to pension funds because different pension funds across the state use different uh, rates of assumed return. Some are as low as six, and then there are some, uh, a lot of public funds that assume like an 8% return. Which seems to me like... It's tough, a little bit risky. T- yeah, that seems to be tough to get, right? I mean, Ron, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think uh, these a lot of these professional money managers will, um, you know, equities typically, uh, the S&P 500 over time will do 11%. Um, not that you should have all of your money in the S&P 500. Right. You want to be more diversified than that. Um, you know, bad year last year. And, and you were talking again before the break, um, you know, like uh, treasury bonds, you know, mm-hmm. U.S. government bonds, which are safe now that they're, you know, the, the debt ceiling the has been passed, been passed so right. we're not uh, defaulting on our debt. Yeah, I mean, you can get a, a one-year treasury, so kick the can down the road and get a you know five-plus percent return, and you know it's guaranteed, which is you know risk-free. That's right. th- that's not too bad. And five so percent. I mean, we haven't seen that in twenty years. Yeah, right? I mean, honestly, I've been doing this for twenty-three years, mm-hmm. and you know, trying to get. Uh, a bond yielding three, four, five percent was impossible. So right. that hunt for yield, you know, was a lot of work. Now it's now it's easy, but that'll it'll be a challenge for equities because now you can, without any risk, you can make five percent. So a lot of the money that was, you know, older people were forced into the market because they were looking for return yeah. is going to come out of the market because they they can get CDs. You know, they can put their money in a CD and, and, and be happy with what they're getting. I mean, look, I, I you know, like I'm pretty conservative, right? And so I've been doing exactly what you just, just described. I'm fine with a 5% return. As a matter of fact, I'm thrilled with it because, you know, over the course of my adult years, yeah. I, I haven't seen such a thing, right? It's been 0.1% for eons now, right? right. Yeah, but the, the one thing you got to think, Ken, I agree with you. I mean, 5%, it, it hasn't existed in my career as far as that risk-free return, but you can't forget about what inflation is. Right. Right. You know, guess what that is? Sure. It's, 5%. It's 5%. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, the real rate of your return is zero. So, which is why typically equities outperform bonds in a rising inflationary period. Okay. And which because, is, but are we in a rising inflationary period or we're in a declining? Because I thought it, I thought we were declining. Well, I mean, it's, it's coming off the highs, but we don't want to, it's not deflationary. We're still, there's still inflation, right? Right. So we're not going to see the, the prices of, of two years ago. Right. We, and we don't want to because that means the economy is shrinking and it's deflationary. So you, um, we just want inflation, which is still there to moderate. Like about what? Like what are we looking at? I mean, the Fed wants two percent. I gotcha. That's that's their goal. So, and so, what do they do to to make that happen? Do they keep raising interest rates? Yeah, yeah, they keep raising interest rates to kind of you know slow the roll of the economy. I mean, you know, think about it. I mean, these uh, to get a mortgage right now, it's six seven percent. Right. So, I mean, the affordability of these homes is a, is a, a lot less than what it used to be. So, they're going to build less homes, and you know, construction people aren't working, and and that's 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 how you slow things. That's interesting, which is why, obviously, the infrastructure and the, you know, the Biden bipartisan infrastructure uh, bill was so important, right? And I just took a drive around the Midwest literally over the past few days, and I mean, I can't tell you how much construction there was. Right. Road work. It was unbelievable. Bridges, roads. I mean, absolutely amazing. From from the tip, the northern tip of Indiana to the southern tip of Indiana, I-65 is under yeah. construction for the whole run. I mean, I in the, driving through the state of Indiana, I was on vacation a week ago. Um, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw that much. Um, uh, yeah, I and mean, it's great. 
Yeah, it, fantastic. I mean, you see people working, and they're all earning a good wage. Ron, let's go, let's go back to talk about the thing that you said also off the air, which is you were talking to uh, one of our members, and he was explaining to you like what happened to his neighbor. To, to explain that. Yeah, so um, I was sitting with a 134 electrician uh, last week, and you know he's 55 years old, was awarded Social Security Disability, and which means he's he's retired, right? Right. He's yep. he's fifty five, which is young. His wife's a couple years younger than him. It's a scary thing. I mean, you're, you're done earning, yeah. right? Yeah. And and to make matters worse, this fella, his neighbor, just had to go back to work. He wasn't in the union; doesn't have a pension. At the age of seventy. Wow. Which yeah. that's you know that's nobody not, wants to see that. No, no. I mean, if somebody wants to work and to keep busy, and I you know sure. I, I get it. The, the fountain of youth is to keep your mind busy, your body busy. But at the age of 70, you don't want to be forced into having to go back to work. So this gentleman was concerned about that, and rightfully so. But well, I had to explain to him, I'm like, hey, man, don't forget, you have these defined benefit plans. You have a pension. And, and they're not going to stop. You can live to 90. You can live to 100. You can live forever. And those, that money, <laughs> that, yeah. that money, I mean, you I don't can, think you can live forever, just for the record. But, but if yeah. you did. If you did. The checks would keep coming. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're not even checks. I mean, they're direct deposit. You don't have to even go to the mailbox. Right. So they're just coming. They're coming no matter what. Yeah, that's a it's a comforting feeling, and you know, once again, it's the benefit of being in a union, right? You have a you know you have a pension, yeah, and you don't have to worry about going back to work at age seventy. I mean, imagine that, like it's like well, I can't feed myself. What am I going to do? And you know, also, who's hiring a seventy year old? Yeah, he's not getting a forty fifty dollar an hour job, right? Right. I mean, he's going to welcome to Walmart. It's probably something like that. You see a lot, a yeah. lot more of that in different stores. I know? think. I mean, I guess he could go to Iowa. Right? Well, in Iowa, he could probably get a job in a slaughterhouse potentially, but he'd be competing against fourteen-year-olds now. So, Ron, back back to uh, back to this. So, so in in other words, you know, I mean, I guess in a, in a nutshell, you're saying that if you're in a union and you have a pension. A defined benefit plan that means you're getting a certain amount of dollars per month period for the rest of your life yeah and that's that's the case but it really you know goes back to financial literacy that's like the it's a real big hot topic right now mm-hmm. yep and 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 really that's defined as the knowledge to make smart decisions about your money right so the seven year old at some point in time probably made a bad decision yeah. right and now he's at where he's at sure the, the really cool thing about the unions mm-hmm. that we work with is that they're making their wage and the retirement savings is done on top of that right right for them yeah okay for everybody else out there for the for the regular blue collar workers out there who don't have those benefits you know if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year you know you got to save for your retirement mm-hmm. you got to pay for your health care you and, and that's your income so you still gotta have a home you got to get to work you got to feed the family and, you know, especially with rising prices right now, what's the first thing that's going to stop? Savings. Yeah. yeah. You're going to stop right. saving. You're just going to kick the can down the road, and then, but that's going to force you to maybe work longer. Right. Because if you're saving, you know, 5000 a year or 10000 a year, you're never going to get to that 800000 by the time that you're 65 years old. Like, the, the retirement savings isn't just a, a little rainy day fund. It's got to be a significant portion of your income. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is is that... Going back to financial literacy, the first thing you need to do is figure out a budget. Right. Okay, there's money coming in, there's money going out. You know, Listen, wants and, and needs, and, and that goes up for, uh, that that 
uh, goes across the board, union and non-union, I know a million union guys that don't budget anything, right? I know unions that have no budget. <laughs> they just spend whatever comes in, yeah. you know, and, and you, you have to sit down and literally just, like you said, plan out a budget. Here's my car payment. Here's my house payment. Here's what I spend on food. Here's how much I can save. And you help with that. Right, Megan will basically help them with financial literacy, correct? Yeah. So uh, for the union folks, it's just really educating them on what their benefits are because it's done for them, which is great. Um, And for the people who aren't in the union, you know, obviously, um, either way, our advisors go to your kitchen table. Yeah. And they sit with you and your family, you know, and they, they know your story. You know, they create a, a plan, and, you know, it's up to you guys to stick to the plan. Right, right. But they're with you for your whole lives. And are you going into unions now, Ron, and, and doing financial literacy and, and seminars and pre-retirement and apprentices? Like, are you doing all of the, this, the whole spectrum of that? Yeah. I mean, we that's our kind of menu, and the unions kind of, you know, choose what they want. I mean, most of them now, honestly, apprentices are the big thing. Yeah. You know, they want to talk to them, and, you know, Local 150 has a Know Your Union um, uh, seminar, yep. mm-hmm. which is great, yep. you know, because, um, you know, I always say that the benefits are the union's best kept secret. For sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of like the mechanism to get that out where the, the boots on the ground and, you know, sitting at the kitchen tables yeah. and explaining that stuff. And I think now that we're, you know, we're seeing the, the results of the, the infrastructure bills, right? We're seeing, uh, you know, everywhere I go, people are like, oh, we're bringing on this many apprentices. You know, we're dying for apprentices. We need more bodies here, et cetera. And to get these young men early or young men and women early and make sure that they understand, mm-hmm. you know, their benefit package and how much they should be saving or, you know, what their annuity looks like or what the pension does. Some people have a pension and have no annuities. Some unions have an annuity and a pension. And you start working in the building trades now at 20, 21. Mm-hmm. You're a millionaire when, you're, when oh, you leave. I mean, more than that, Ken. I mean, you're, I mean it's, I, it's a huge number. I, yeah. You know, I was talking to um, Kevin Connolly from 134 uh, the other day, and his uh, communication uh, workers are at something almost like $13 an hour going for their annuity. I mean, oh. that's... That's real money. That's what we were talking about. I mean, that's significant retirement savings. It's an amazing amount of money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You start at 20. I mean, I, I mean, you work 30 years. Forget about it. You're not going to have any worries. You're not, you're not going back to Walmart at 70. No. <laughs> when I, you might own a, own a Walmart. <laughs> I had a calculus teacher when I was in high school. And at the time, I, didn't, I don't think I understood the, the importance of what he did. But for the first week of the class, he taught us about, about compound interest. And basically, it was... If you start investing a little bit now when you're 17, 18 years old, you can do that for like 10 years and just let it ride after that, and you'll wind up with more money than somebody who waited until they were 30 and invested every year until they retired. So for apprentices or for folks out there, the best time to learn about this stuff and start investing is uh, is right now. It's probably 10 years ago, 20 years ago, but the second best time is right now. Ron, right. Where, where, where can they reach you? Yeah, so uh, on the web at megent.com or uh, our phone number, we're here in uh, our hubs in Orland Park, 708-444-1090. Yeah, listen, uh, we appreciate your coming on, and we appreciate all the support, by the way, for, for the workers, Mike. And, and I know every union I talk to really values what you bring to the table, because this is really important. And we've never really had this before. We just sort of, like you said, we just, all right, we got benefits. I don't know what they are. Just, I'm just going to work. And now we're starting to understand exactly what our benefits are. And if you're listening out there, come to the building trades. You, you will have everything that Ron is talking about and then some. So um, we, we got to take a quick break. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're going to be back right here on uh, 720 WGN. Ron, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for being That's here, right. guys. Absolutely. Thank you. 
You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to The Worker's Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ed Maher, and I'm here with Ken Edwards. And if you were listening to the last segment, we just spoke with Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial. Thanks again to Ron for coming in. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, always, always really informative. And uh, so we're back, and Ken uh, took a second to go to the bathroom and put on his brand-new Dolly Parton T-shirt. And Absolutely. you got to say, you're looking pretty good, looking oh. sharp. And now, all of a sudden, you have one on. You know, <laughs> it was buy one, get one free or something. <laughs> a BOGO. <laughs> yeah. Dolly Parton BOGO. Yeah, we are the, uh, the, the, the workers' mic brought to you by Dolly Parton. I mean, she is really, um, she's fantastic. She's just like a good human being. You were saying that she, uh, if you go on her website, you can get any of the books that people are, or states are banning. Right. And they, and they have a thing, it's called like the Imagination Library. And I think kids all across the country, it's devoted to kids who can't afford books or who don't have any books. Yeah. If you register, this program will just mail you free books. That's and she, amazing. She sends out tens of millions of free books every year. I'm yeah. not a not a country music fan um, necessarily. I, yeah, that's what I said the other day. But she's really like altruistic. Like she does yeah. a lot of fantastic, fantastic things. Gives back to the community. Does a ton of charity work. You yeah, know? she's she's in kind of a rare air like uh, like yeah. Tom Hanks or Mister Rogers, where there's not really anybody who can say anything bad about them. You and know, they're just one universally. Of our, one liked. of our Da Vinci guys was telling that she's been married to the same guy for like fifty plus years like half half a century right yeah. unbelievable i don't know anything about the guy he must be happy with dolly though yeah right yeah the guy hit the backed up the brinks truck well she seems like she's also a very nice person ken <laughs> whatever all about the benjamins with you so i understand that uh you because i saw you actually in the newspaper uh this week ed that you were quoted um while you were at uh sag after and the writer's were the writers there too? They had a picket. Yeah. So the 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 strike was held by SAG after the Screen Actors Guild and Television Radio Actors. Yep. Um, and they had a, a big demonstration on Thursday down at Buckingham Fountain. Had a really nice turnout. Um, the writers were there in support. Nurses, teachers, operating engineers, of course, and various other building trades, the Teamsters, um, and uh, it was just a, a sort of a support rally to. To show the uh, the actors that everyone is behind them and everybody recognizes how important the fight that they're in is uh, that they are in is because the you know as with the writers where they're being threatened by AI uh, the actors have a different fight with AI which is they can be hired for half a day of work yeah. and then the studio can use this work to like plug it into AI and create an artificial likeness of the voice. Or the the, the physical likeness. appearance, yeah. and they can use that for free for as long as they want, which is insane, you know, to 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 take away a person's livelihood and pay them for half a day's work. So that's what that's what SAG is up against, and uh, you know, they the the studios are not even willing to sit down and negotiate this. So this strike is now writers and actors. Uh, it's been going on since the first of June, I believe, with the writers. Yep. And there's no progress on negotiations, but are they even at the table? Like, are they bargaining? I don't think that they've had any negotiating sessions. The studios are their position is there's too much competition with streaming services, so we don't have any money. So <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure out yeah. who's got all this money. Somebody's got a lot of money, and maybe it's just all concentrated. I'm pretty in sure it's Bob, Bob Iver from Disney. Yeah, about five <laughs> or six people have a lot of money, and everybody else is just uh, trying to figure out where it all went. And streaming, like they won't, 
actually tell you how many subscribers they have or how many people watched a certain show. They don't disclose that information to the writers or the actors. To anybody. Like, to anybody, Because yeah. then someone will use that to say, I should be getting paid more. Of and course. one of the more powerful things that happened at that demonstration was the person, the president of SAG-AFTRA said, raise your hand out there if you've ever gotten a royalty check from a streaming service that was less than a dollar and everybody raised their hand. Less you know, than a dollar. Right. These these royalty checks, if you wrote on Seinfeld or something like that, you'd get a check for, you know, 2000 5000 Every time that show aired and was syndicated, yeah. you could raise a family. You could make a living on that. Sure. Um, and then the other thing is to under SAG, people think Screen Actors Guild, and they think of the awards show. They think of A-list uh, actors and actresses. I think they just say actors now, but they yeah. A-list performers... And the reality is that uh, to qualify for health care with SAG-AFTRA, I think you have to make twenty four or $28,000 a year. And I think 80% of their members don't qualify for health care because people, most actors are not the ones that are signing $10, $20 million contracts. For sure. They're people that are working, trying to find a job for a day or for two days and just barely well, squeaking in, by. perspective, I believe that SAG has, if I'm not mistaken, 160,000 members. Right. Can you name 160,000 actors? No, of course not. You can name about 20 off the top of your head. And they're, they all have the last name Kardashian. <laughs> Jason Bourne is my favorite actor. <laughs> so, you know, and, and um, there is a, a SAG after office here in the Midwest, and their executive director, I think, is his title, like our version of a business manager's name is Eric right. Chadron. And, and he, uh, you know, I asked him about this as well, and, and he, you know, he explained to me that exactly what you just said, which is, you know, they want to have what they consider a background actor come in for a day, scan their likeness, and they can use it forever. Right. Like, 130 years from now or 200 years from now when by the way the entire world is actually going to already be run by ai they're like humans will be gone but they'll have a likeness of a bunch of humans because they scanned them right i mean come on man what what do they need that for they're going to nickel and dime people to death and and you know i've read about also the writer strike that you know some studio exec or some idiot put his foot in his mouth and said we're just trying to starve them out wait till they can't pay their rent wait till they can't buy food and that is i mean you know, kudos to the guy for being honest because that's what they're doing. Right. Right. They're not negotiating. Yeah. So they're just waiting and waiting for what? They're not waiting for them to have an epiphany and go, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. We are going to take that garbage deal. They're waiting for them to bend because they won't be able to afford to eat anymore. Right. And, you know, hopefully the public puts pressure on these companies, you know, to do the right thing. Hopefully it's, the president puts, you know, pressure on these companies to do the right thing. Right. I mean, it's. Uh they're treating actors like a commodity. I mean, think of it like this. If you were to take um, Forrest Gump or, or take any performance by any really great actor or where an actor really made the movie, yeah. uh, take Killian Murphy and Oppenheimer, um, and somebody wrote that script, could any person just read that script and make that performance? Absolutely not. Could you design some AI program to to act that out and get a good performance absolutely not sometimes there are just singular performances that are reliant on an individual a human being who who stands in there computers can't do this they, right. they aren't actors actors have a. Uh, i think a, that was your quote in the paper right yeah i mean they're being treated like commodities yeah well look i mean a lot of us in the working world are used to being treated like commodity right, right? i mean people have gotten used to this forever it has now reached you know the upper echelons of a society which are 
actors, actresses, yeah. multimillionaires, etc. And you know, I, I heard one of the knocks on on you know some of the actors is you know these guys, these folks are out there on the picket line, mm-hmm. right? They're walking the picket line in L.A. in New York, obviously here in Chicago. Where are the Jason Bournes of the world? Yeah, you know what I mean. Where are where where are the well? I mean, Jason Bourne's a character, Ken. No, no, no. He's actually uh, he he's that's actually real life. Um, I'm just gonna let this go, everybody. <laughs> stay with me on this. We're gonna have some fun with Ken. <laughs> but where, where are I they? I think they last saw him somewhere in. Uh, he was on a rooftop in Germany with a sniper rifle. I think that's right. But well, he is busy. Jason Bourne is busy. For Jason Bourne. Yeah, no, that's no, that's okay. a lot of people. You looking understand for Jason my Bourne. you understand my point. Where yeah. where are the big ticket actors? I right? agree. Come on out there. You know, donate some money. Help people that are create a fund. You got bazillions of dollars. You know, famous actors. Yeah. You know, create a fund for these younger actors that don't have the money that are about to lose the house. Maybe they lost their job because they were on a soap opera or commercial yeah. or whatever the case may be. You know, have, have a fun for them. Kick in some money. You know, I, I hate to say it, but if you, when you got a hundred, two hundred, three hundred million dollars in mansions and yachts, and you're really famous, Tom Cruise, you know, kick in some cash. Yeah, and for ordinary folks out there, think of this because you're a consumer of entertainment. You watch TV, you watch movies. Do you like good movies or do you like terrible movies that are, you know, directed by, written by robots, directed by robots, acted out by AI? I don't know yet. I'll, uh, the jury's still out on that, but you know. <laughs> All right, Ken. Well, I think the rest of us, if I watch TV, I enjoy good TV. I enjoy something that's well done, and yeah, I think I, most people do, and, I, I, I think and that's, that's right. what's at stake. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, there's a lot at stake here, and, and they're fighting you know, for the future of, obviously, their industry. But also, look, that you know, like you guys said, their fight's our fight, right? Our fight's their fight. I mean, yeah. workers have finally started to realize that a worker's a worker, period, mm-hmm. the end. Whether you work for Starbucks, a building trades, an actor, a writer, you know, it's, it's workers. Yeah. End of discussion. They have to win this fight to show everyone in America that if you fight back, you yeah. can win. You and don't you, just have to take it. You can correct. fight back. And speaking of that, what's happening with the Teamsters and UPS, right? They have 340,000 Teamsters that are ready to walk the picket line. And what are they doing? They practice picketing. Yeah. I love it. I think it's a great idea. It's a genius idea. I think let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the Teamsters because that's a that's a big story that's going to yeah, be coming yeah, up the, in, the, in the next week. For sure. I, I yeah, this uh their their president Sean O'Brien is just a, a, a badass. I love that guy. So, we'll be right back uh on the Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to the Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. If you were listening before the break, we were just starting to talk a little bit about this looming uh, UPS strike yeah. that uh, is supposed to start, I think, on the first. It will crush commerce here in the United States. And I think the Teamsters are sitting in a the catbirds they have a lot of strength here and they got a lot of stroke and and you know what as well they should i i was reading something in the washington post this team's worked there for 16 years he's making 20 bucks an hour you know that's just not enough period the end and he has to have a second job they have many 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 part-timers and the teams are fighting for good full-time middle-class jobs you know i've seen everybody here has seen their ups driver right right there's no air conditioning in those trucks. Right. Right? So you're seeing them, especially in these heat waves that are going on around the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are, you know, I mean, that's a, it's a dangerous job. So I think that they've agreed to put AC in the trucks, which, by the way, you shouldn't have to ask for. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you got to negotiate that. It's like, I, I need uh, four wheels on this truck instead of three. Oh, you do? You yeah. should negotiate that. Do you that. need air in all the tires? <laughs> yeah, 
exactly. Yeah. So the te- whatever the teamsters are, you know, uh, good for them, and you know, I I hope they 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 win this thing. I hope actually, quite frankly, that UPS comes to a senses and, and gives them the deal that they deserve. Right. Um, but I just found one thing interesting that Sean O'Brien, the head of the teamsters, said, and there was talk about the Biden administration similar to what he did to the railroad, which is coming in and make them take that contract. Right. And that happened, you know, years ago with the airline industry, you know, big government, right, getting involved in a labor dispute that they really have no business in. Yeah. I mean, Joe Biden's track record on this, I guess, isn't great for the workers side. So there's reason to think, as with the rail uh, strike, that if he did step in, he might tilt a little bit in favor of the railroads or in this case, UPS and keeping commerce open, you know, the national interest. But if that if that's going to hurt workers in what are very reasonable request for their contract i think it's best uh, left alone i think you need to just stay out of it and i think you know the rail the railway labor act is different than the national labor relations act i think it gives some certain powers i'm not 100 percent sure what he would do in the national labor relations act but at the end of the day you know sean o'brien said you know i'm from boston if two people are in a fight on the street and you're walking by and you have no dog in that fight keep walking <laughs> yeah and i was like you know that was a direct message to to biden which is stay out of it let, let us you know, this out. Let, listen it's capitalism it's the free market right let workers have their day you know what are they going to do tell the actors get back and act Right. Right? You go back and you finish that Netflix series because I want to see the end of it. Yeah, sing and dance. Yeah, dance. It would be like Misery where she makes him finish a book or write a book. Yeah. Keeps breaking his ankles. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, hopefully the, the government does stay out of it. And look, hopefully there's no strike, right? Uh, yeah. But, but at the end of the day, if there is, you know, like there's so many strikes right now going on around the country. Right. Uh, you know. And with UPS, the potential outcome of this strike is supply chain issues just like we saw during the pandemic. And Americans don't have an appetite for another one of those i think that's right um so i think that's more sort of motivation to get this thing settled and yeah. ups's asks are not excessive of course not. Folks not, out not, there to, not thinking, to a billion trillion dollar company like ups right and by the way what do you think fedex is doing fedex is watching and making sure that whatever ups gets they're going to give to their drivers so right ups is doing this not only on behalf of ups but also on behalf of fedex employees that they don't represent and also you know assuming that it, that they win and come up with something good they're going to take that and go to amazon and go look what we can do right right and it's going to be a great organizing tool so you know i, I don't know i'm just i'm Pulling for for the teamsters. Yeah, a rising tide lifts all That's boats. Exactly Union right. members at UPS, if they fight and they win, yes, they can lift the lift the standards for and, the non-union workers that, at FedEx, at sure. Amazon, everywhere else. And that's what people need to understand. Once again, it's not you know a fight for some workers is a fight for all workers. Right. Right. And speaking of workers, we have today with us a very special guest that is actually applying for a job in a meatpacking plant. That's in, right. in Iowa. Yeah, we'd we, like to welcome Emma. Emma Maher, you can get up nice and close to the microphone there. Emma, welcome. We've talked a lot about child labor. Now, you look familiar, Emma. Are you in any way, your your last name is Maher? Yeah. Are you in any way related to Ed Maher? No. Oh, that's not true. She's <laughs> no. never never seen him before. Never this seen is him. my this is my delightful, lovely, intelligent daughter. Very uh, nice. Emma. To, welcome. Welcome, Emma. And thank you for coming on. How old are you? 12. All right. So we're having this job interview. And and the um, reason that we're doing this, again, is because of all the child labor that's yeah. being expanded across the Midwest. Uh, we thought that it would be interesting. I mean, Emma likes to earn a few extra bucks right now. She's limited to uh, pulling weeds and, you know, picking up dog poop. But uh, 
we're looking to to find to put her in something a little dad, bit more your sustainable. Your dad is making you pull weeds and pick it up, dog. What, you want me to do it? Yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah, a exactly. very, very good point. <laughs> so, Emma, how, number one, how much are you making for doing that? I don't know. It depends on how much I pull. Yeah, yeah just, just say not enough. Not right? enough. Okay, that's always enough. the right Not answer. enough. So, uh, let me ask you a question, being this is a job interview. How do you make them in Manhattan? Like the drink? Yeah, they are. Well, okay. you're, you're interviewing you know drink. For, to be a bartender. Yeah, now you can now serve alcohol for, as a yeah. child. Now. I thought it was for the slaughterhouse. Oh, sorry. My bad. Okay. That's the next interview. Oh. All right, now, let's start, okay. with the, let's start with the bar. How do you make a hen? I don't know. Okay, fair enough. You're not, very, you're not going to make a very good uh, bartender, let's unfortunately. Go, let's go to the slaughterhouse, all right? Okay. How do you kill a cow? I don't know. You just shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe she could be pretty good at that. You just shoot it? Wow. I don't know. Okay, what's going on in the Maher households? <laughs> Cheap meat all the time. Emma, what grade are you in? Um, I'm going into seventh. Seventh grade, So, and you're 12. Mm-hmm. So at 14, you would be in what, ninth grade? Yeah, you'd be going into high school. Right? Yeah. I mean, ninth graders, you know, we're joking. Thank you for helping Having us. a little fun with yeah, us. helping us with the joke. But... You know, imagine somebody two years older than you, Emma, you know, working in a factory in a factory or serving drinks. It's unconscionable. And our kids should not be subjected to yeah. that. And if this seems silly, it's because it is. It is silly. It's absolutely silly. It's abhorrent, you know? Right. So, Emma, anybody you, anybody you want to give a shout out to? No. You should. Oh, come on. Anything else you want to say? Not really. Anything? Okay. Any, any any embarrassing stories about your dad? No, there's a, there are none. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Other than me wearing a Dolly Parton t-shirt. Yeah, why is your dad wearing a Dolly Parton t-shirt and brought me know. back one? You had a good time in Dolly World? He, yeah. Yeah, it was fun? It was fun. Yeah, good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. I know you guys had a great trip, right? Yeah, absolutely. Saw some bears. So, oh, you did? You really? Mm-hmm. You pet them? Like pet them on the mouth? You're not supposed to do that. They don't yeah. like that. I heard you're supposed to feed them. <laughs> well, only as you're driving out of town. <laughs> it's like Anchorman when he jumped in the bear thing. I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> All right, listen, Emma, thank you for coming on. I appreciate your insight, your wisdom. It was wonderful. We'll get back to you on yeah, the job. We'll get back okay. to you on the job. You send in your resume, please. Okay, mm-hmm. we have to do a background check. Um, you know, you have to fill out some paperwork. You actually, have to work. We have to test you. So you have to work for free for about a month. Yeah, there's okay. a month probation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a month probation for free, um, and we'll get back to you. Been an interesting show. We're all over the map, but uh, a lot, a lot of stuff going on in the world. Yeah, pay keep- attention out there. Pay attention to the uh, actors and screen actors and the writers and the teamsters and you know, you see a picket line supporter, give right. them a honk, you know, do what you got to do to help these workers. Because any worker that's fighting right now for for their job is, is fighting for you at the same time. And one last thing I'd like to say, we've got the Women's World Cup going on right now. And we talked last year, last fall, about how the women's national team stood up yeah. and got equal earnings for, you know, the, like the premiums of the rewards that you get for, yep. per, for, uh, for coming in at a certain place in the tournament. They get the same as men. They set a really powerful example in sports. So they're playing right now. It's on TV. If you get a chance, watch them. Go yeah, USA. Absolutely. Go USA is right. All right. We will be back next week um, with more of the Workers' Mike right here on 720 WGN. The preceding episode of the Workers' Mike was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of the Workers' Mike, visit WGNRadio.com. 
Ron Whittingham, investment executive, 15321 South 94th Avenue, Suite 100, Orland Park, Illinois, 60462, 708-444-1090. Securities and advisory services offered through Cetera Advisors, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, a broker-dealer and a registered investment advisor. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. The views depicted on this broadcast are general in nature and are provided for informational use only. The views are not necessarily those of Cetera Advisors, LLC. They should not be considered as specific investment or tax advice. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Keep in mind that investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Investment decisions should be based on individuals' own goals, time horizon, and tolerance for risk. Consult your investment and or tax professional regarding your unique situation.